So what we've all been ready for, for the AEW all-out pay-per-view, the storylines have began. And so last night, AEW Dynamite, the show started off very good, ended very good. We're going to be talking about a WWE former superstar show up yesterday in a, after a match. And all the craziness that happened on the AEW Dynamite, we're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I'm your host, the Ultimate One, coming to you live from New York City, guys. And yesterday's AEW Dynamite, uh, it started off very, very good. And what I said last week about storylines beginning for the All Out, and we were all talking about I will see MJF winning the AEW World Title. How is that going to happen? How is that going to get involved? How is the whole story is going to begin? Well, we saw it last night, and I'm very looking forward to it. My prediction may come true. There's another prediction that I have made about the Four Horsemen. It was right in front of our faces last night as FTR supposedly signed their AEW contract. And who was there to... Um, Pretty much to um, see them sign it, go through it, and my prediction are pretty much uh, coming, maybe coming true. But let's start off AEW Dynamite uh, show with a 10-man tag team match that started with the Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express and Best Friend with Orange Cassidy. All 10 um, individuals went in that ring. They were just total chaos from the beginning. Um... Uh, it started off, beginning with Jake Hager and Orange Cassidy started it off. Of course, you know how Orange Cassidy starts. He starts mocking him, mocking people. Well, he tried to make Jake Hager look bad, which he did. Um, and he uh, he made him look bad. And then all hell broke loose. And everybody started swinging. Uh, they would, uh, Trent hit a moonsault on the whole entire inner circle. Um uh, but it's funny because uh, it was entertaining. Plus, you hear the uh, you could tell the difference between the announcers, the commentators of AEW, and the commentators of WWE. You could tell there's nobody in the ear telling them anything, what to say, what to what kind of joke to say, whatever. Because this is a whole different stuff. You had Tony Schiavone, you had Jim Ross, and Taz. I don't know what happened to Excalibur. I'm going to be talking about that at the end of the show for what I'm hearing. About Excalibur, I don't know if it's true, because you know, inter internet wrestling uh, community is very, very um, how to say that is very toxic, and people will go and find information about certain individuals just to make them look bad because that's all they do. They ain't in mama basement doing nothing but eating cupcakes with stains on the shirt and just looking for anything to to uh, hurt people's. Uh, careers and all that stuff so i'm gonna bring that up in a, a little while but like i said oh hell broke loose jim ross said that marco stunt is like a little chihuahua which was true because marco stunt got behind um luchasaurus and while he was behind hanging from luchasaurus neck 
Lucha Service does a body press um, on top of everybody. So, but it wasn't long before um, Ice uh, Inter, Inter, Inner Circle took control when Hagel formed, turned real hard in the corner, and you know, and they just Inner Circle doing a lot of tagging in and out. Sammy Guevara looked good, of course. Jake Hager is a beast because Jake Hager. That dude, I don't know. He looks better than when he was in WWE. He just, oof, he's crazy. Um, but um, but Hager goes at it with him with Luchasaurus. At one point, he hit Luchasaurus so hard that his mask almost came off. So I don't, I don't, I don't think Luchasaurus should change that mask and put another different, maybe a more ones that you tie it in the back because that almost came off a couple of times during the match. Hager and Luchasaurus come out, and you can tell Luchasaurus can't hang with Hager. Hager is too much for him. Uh, but then, in the middle of the match, Matt Hardy pops out of nowhere when Sammy Guerrero is ready to do a maneuver from the top rope, and Hardy comes out of nowhere. He distracts uh, uh, Sammy Guerrero, and Luchasaurus take the, uh, the opportunity to head kick Sammy for the pin. And that was the end of that. Now, um, Inner Circle, uh, was the first time I think I seen the Inner Circle lose a match with all these guys, which was pretty good. I mean, this was this has been building for weeks between this team, so it, it was just nice to see them all of them together fight the Inner Circle. Uh, but um, it's funny how Jericho's still walking around with that with that jacket still full of orange juice uh, stain on it. But it, it's crazy. But uh, I don't know what Inner Circle is going to happen, but it looks like. Um, Matt Hardy will be feuding with Sammy Guerrero. This is still continuing from the Stadium Sampede. Well, when Sammy uh, pretty much a couple of months ago told um, Matt Hardy, or oh, Matt Hardy invited Sammy Guerrero to come to this compound. So who knows? It probably will be something that probably Sammy Guerrero does to Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy goes back to that broken gimmick. I don't like him coming money mad and version two. It's too much. Too much gimmicks. Stay, stick with one. But I don't think he's happy with that broken gimmick. So you're probably going to stick with the money, Matt. Who knows? We'll see. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. So the next match was for the TNT World, or not World, TNT Championship. Uh, well, the TV title, I call it. The title that I've been bitching about for months about them putting a go play on it. So that was for that belt. It was Cody versus Warhorse. Now, I did not know much of Warhorse until someone sent me a video of Warhorse. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a miniature Ultimate Warrior. Uh, probably smaller, though, um, body-wise. Uh, I think when I first saw him, he wrestled Orange Cassidy. Um, I think he did a lot of moves. Like I told my friend, he did a lot of repetitive moves that I felt that he still needed a little crisp. But last night, he pretty much um, he shocked me. He proved me that... He didn't do the repetitive move like I saw him in the Orange Cassidy match. He did better than that. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was what Justin Roberts did. Uh, I think Justin Roberts, when he does the announcing, he overdoes it with his gimmick or whatever he does, his introduction, because that Warhorse introduction he did last night was freaking terrible. Terrible. For a guy who's making an appearance for the first time in TV, um, because he's known Warhorse is only in the very he's he's praising the internet and the, on social media. Um, and I, I mean, I like what I saw when I, he wrestled Orange Cassidy, 
But and I think it was beyond wrestling. But Justin Roberts could have gave him a better introduction, and instead he gave him a shitty ass introduction. Warhorse deserved better. But anyway, it was a Warhorse. Um, started off with Cody. It was more of a fill out process. You could tell that Cody now is wrestling different, and he's more arrogant. And when he gets into the ring, he thinks he got the match won already. Because last week he did the same thing with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston whooped his ass. And Eddie Kingston was not having it. Um, but Cody, Cody, uh, this match, looked like he thought he had this match won real quick. And he didn't because Warhorse, at one point he had Warhorse in the, in the corner. And he looked like he was ready to chop him in the chest. And he turned his back. On Warhorse, Warhorse then went and chopped him right in the back, right in the back. When he turns back, he chopped him right in the back. Boom. Uh, um, then um, he decided to go rope by rope, uh, running from rope to rope with Warhorse. Bad move from Cody, because then uh, Warhorse catches Cody with a, with, you know, with uh, a clothesline that he, I'm talking about, he rocked him. He um, rocked him so hard he, he. He closed like Cody out of his boots. You could probably, you know, could probably say. But um, Warhorse pretty much uh, impressed me. And, I mean, uh, as much as I can say, I mean, he was not scared. He went toe-to-toe. Cody worked on his leg. He's been doing the last couple of times. Uh, it kind of reminds me now, uh, when I've been talking about the four horsemen or that, and he's been working on the, four, or the figure four, it kind of, kind of reminds you of somebody back in the days when the four horsemen. With the figure four, well, he worked on on Warhorse's um, leg, uh, but uh, again, Warhorse was not a, a slouch because Warhorse went and catches Cody with a double hit him with a uh, he he did a double hit on him. He went first. He went to for the he caught Cody outside the ring and he double stomped him on his back. He throws him back in the ring and he hits a beautiful and I mean a beautiful macho man like elbow from the top. They almost pinned Cody. He was that close of pinning Cody. But Cody then caught uh, Warhol with the figure four leg lock. When um, I think Warhol tried to do that double stump again, Cody got in the way. When he dropped on the floor, he kind of stumbled. And he got caught with the um, with the figure four. And Cody wins by submission. Right after that, the situation that caught me off guard was the Dark Order, Mark Silver, and Alex Renner go inside the ring with the mask on. You can tell it was them. And started beating up on Warhorse. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? So they get rid of Warhorse. Then they start attacking Cody. And out of nowhere, a familiar face shows up to save Cody. No other than Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. He shows up and saves um, Cody from a beating. And that just caught me off guard. It really caught me off guard. Uh, and I thought Matt Cardona was going to go to Impact. That was the word on the on the internet community that he was going to Impact. But apparently he didn't. Now he's in AEW. So we'll see what they're going to do with him. Because this is very, very interesting. What are they going to do with uh, Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, um, I'm glad that he's out of a, uh, WWE. I mean, the man won the uh, WWE Intercontinental title on WrestleMania only to lose it the next day. It was kind of very shady what they did to him and then just left him in the back. He won tag team titles, but they really didn't do nothing with him. And I'm glad that he's somewhere else where he could show his skills. It's not always about money because a lot of these wrestling fans 
when we speak about WWE, they talk about oh, but they, they make more money in WWE, and yet WWE has all these wrestlers sign big contract, and their rating sucks. So, and anyway, we'll be right back after this. And we're back. So the next um, segment was Chris Jericho came back out again, and was talking about how he was upset. And then he started talking about Orange Cassidy, how he's going to give Orange Cassidy another match, a rematch, on August 12th. So next week, they're going to have a debate, and supposedly they're going to have a surprise moderator. People already in the internet talking about is Eric Bischoff, and I say, you know what, keep Eric Bischoff as far away of AEW. I don't want that guy nowhere near AEW. I don't care if he got connections with with Mars, I don't want that guy nowhere near AEW. So, um, we'll see because it's supposedly Kim Jericho said there's a debate and then they're going to have a match August 12th. Sammy Guevara was pissed off also because, you know, of course, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, was uh, Sammy Guevara lost the match for the inner circle when Matt Hardy um, uh, interfered or distracted him. More like a distraction. And they lost the match. Uh, but it's funny because Jericho asked him, uh, Sammy Guerrero, what uh, son of a bitch means in Spanish because Guerrero called Matt Hardy son of a bitch twice. Um, and Sammy Guerrero says son del bitch. It had me dying because that's not what it means in Spanish. But it's funny. And these guys are hilarious. Um, but then Jericho asked Santana, does his jacket still smell like orange juice? And Santana told him it smelled like cat pee. So that was a funny segment, though. I like I like what they did. Then they had a very very uh, interesting segment because earlier during the day I noticed the FDR or somebody asked FDR why they weren't ranking the top five uh, AEW ranking tag team rankings. Um, and I guess they asked Tony Khan, and Tony Khan said, "Well, they haven't signed their contracts." And as long as they don't sign the contract, they won't be considered top five because they're not officially with AEW. FDR said something about, you know what, my demands are. So it felt like it was real. It felt like, uh, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to lose FDR now uh, because of bullcrap, Twitter, back and forth. Well, they actually went and they signed their contract last night uh, with Tony Schiavone and a representative from AEW. FDR had they, they, uh they lawyers, and all of a sudden, Arn Anderson pops out. And again, I, when I saw this, I was like, and my prediction that I said a month ago is coming into fruition. Little by little by little. So now you got Arn Anderson maybe managing FTR. So now you got Arn Anderson managing Cody, and he might manage the FTR. Who are we missing? Tully Blanchard and uh, Mr. Sean Spears, don't be surprised, guys. And I know you're probably going to be like, oh, you're talking crazy. And during this um, whole um, contract negotiation, Hangman Pace came out with some whiskey. FTR was not really feeling the whiskey. They said it was old, was was not a good brand. They said the Mid-Atlantic boys. So, yes, pretty much, you know, you're talking about the Mid-Atlantic. You're talking about R. Anderson, Tony Schiavone. Those guys used to be in the Mid-Atlantic wrestling back in the day. NWA, Jim Crockett days. So that was very interesting to see them all together. Uh, our answers did not take the, uh, the shot of whiskey. You could say it. it's, not, it's not him anymore. So 
That was very interesting. Then we had the AEW tag title match. This match, Dark Order, who were the number one contenders for months, and um, they finally got their shot at the belt. It didn't, this is what I like about AEW, because no matter what, who's the winner, who holds the belt? If a team is considered number one contender, somewhere down the line, they're going to get a title shot. So pretty much this was a good match, um, and a very interesting match, because it looked like Dark Order was... Uh, ready to fight Omega and Hangman when Omega was about to come out to do his intro and all that Dark Order went after Hangman Hangman went and started wrestling both of them at the same time and Omega looked like he was pissed like you're, you're interrupting my introduction can you hold on with your temper so it was kind of like them two are having issues now at six almost six months later and um, I won't be surprised all out something's gonna happen between them two because after that, uh, the, the the D.O., which is Dark Order, they gave uh, Hangman Page and um, Omega a run for their money. That's Luke Grayson. That dude is great. He's good. He should be a singles competitor. But him and Evo Uno, even though Evo Uno, is a, you can see him, he looks like a fat guy, fat troll, whatever. He can move in that ring. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they did pretty well. But, you know, of course, Page and, and, and Omega... When they start hitting the V-Trigger and those Larry, it's, it's a wrap. So they pretty much, they beat, um, they beat uh, Dio, Dark Order, uh, with the finishing move, clothesline, three-trigger move, and they win. But right after that, uh, by the way, Brody Lee was out there with Anna Jay. Anna Jay is now part of the Dark Order, and also Cole Cabana was doing commentating while Brody Lee and Anna Jay paced back and forth. Um, at the end of the match, Brody Lee pretty much told Hammond uh, uh, Page that, you know, um, actually he smacked uh, Evil Uno with the paper uh, and Sue Grayson grabbed him by the throat. He was pissed off because they didn't beat Hammond Page and Omega. Omega and uh, actually Page was smirking. And all of a sudden, he, uh, Brody Lee said, you think you guys are funny? I see that you got your little friends out there. And he was talking about the young buckers who were out in the crowd. And next thing you know, um, I call it the um, Dark Order, uh, you said, um, Dark Order 5, Dark Order 10. There was, uh, I, think, I, think, uh, I think I saw Silver and, and, and um, I think I'm not sure if I saw Silver and Reynolds out there. But then all of a sudden, FTR came out to save the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks came in the ring. So it was... Um, Almost an eight against eight against five, and FTR came out again, saved the uh, the elite. So now next week they're gonna have a twelve man tag. You're gonna have the FTR of uh, the elite, uh, FTR and the elite against Dark Order. So this is gonna be crazy next week. Twelve man. If you thought ten man was ridiculous, twelve man is gonna be out of control. We'll be right back after this. And the next match was Diamante versus the AEW World Champion, Women's Champion, Hiroko Shida. Um, this match kind of, to me, it was kind of disappointment because Diamante looked so good last week as uh, at least. And this week, she had a chance to shine. Diamante need to shine the diamond needed to shine and it did not shine at all and it looked like her and she the chemistry was not there and i'm sorry to say it 
and and this is a problem for the women's division because one week you have a great match with Diamante and Ivelisse, and this week you had Diamante versus the champ, and it looked horrible. It looked like Diamante was all over the place. She wasn't sharp and crisp, or either she didn't know what she was going to do, um, but I, I, I don't know how they, they – they, what are they planning to do with this damn division? Now you're talking about making a uh, look like a battle bowl. If you guys remember back in WCW, they had a thing, this thing called battle bowl, uh, Star K, two years in a row where you pick a tag team from a, a draw where you spin and you pick the the, the bubble the opening and you got a tag team partner whether it's uh, a heel or a baby face. So that's what this AEW draw thing, the women's tournament tag team tournament um so and i'm saying to myself you're gonna have 16 16 teams uh, supposedly so you're gonna have 32 women who are these 32 women so this match uh, instead of them focusing on fixing the division and making sure that you have enough wrestlers because you now you have Britt Baker still hurt uh chris Dallin then might be out to probably to next year Swole comes in and out. You still got B. Prisley in, in, in Japan. She, you, st- um, you had the, I forgot her damn name. But um, you have a lot of Japanese women still in, in Japan. They hasn't been able to come back to AEW. So why are you even making a tournament? For what? For what? To prove WWE wrong that they, they yuck know how to do women's tag team tournaments? I don't know. I don't know what's the point of that. Now they're gonna do the. I think they're doing the drawing, in YouTube, and I'm saying you gotta be kidding me if you're really gonna show the showcase tag team woman wrestling every Wednesday. I, I don't know unless they're gonna do all this tournament and then the two finalists go at it at um, all out. That's the only thing I could think of. I mean, and then the, after that match they had uh, again. Uh, the draw, they had Nyla and Vicky Guerrero together. They picked that. They, uh, she picked the bubble, her, whoever she's going to team up with, whatever. And it turned out this girl named Ariane. I don't know who this woman is. I've never seen this. She's probably in Dark Order. Not I me mean in Dark Order. Or Dark. AEW Dark. Because this supposed to do a second show and they still haven't done it yet. But I don't know who that is. I'm not really invested in this AEW Women's Tournament. I'm not. I'll probably watch it here and there. If the Amante Ivelisse are not teaming up, I don't want to see it. I'm sorry. And I'm just being, uh, I'm being real. If Lee's and the Amante did not team up, then there's no point to it. End of story. MJF then had the state of address in wrestling. And this was where um, pretty much showed me that what I have predicted is going to come true. And again, Hit the jackpot. But I said a couple of weeks ago that MJF is going to wrestle John Moxley somewhere down the line. Now, you probably guys, oh, you heard it. There's nobody mentioned anything about him wrestling John Moxley. It was about to happen. The guy's undefeated. He hasn't been pinned since he's been there. Common sense will tell you that he's the number one number one contender for the title. And it so happened that he did this uh, state of address uh, and pretty much... Talk bad about John Moxley. He mentioned WWE. He even said brother. So you know he's talking about Hulk Hogan. 
he pretty much shit it all over WWE. I love it. I love it when you got guys like that who talks from the heart and is not afraid to speak his mind. But it, I knew it was coming. So now he challenges John Moxley at All Out for the world's title. Now, you know for a fact, there's no way I can't see John Moxley leaving with that belt on All Out unless there's a disqualification. But I know Warlord is going to get involved and it's going to cost the title from John Moxley. And then you could see John Moxley feuding with, with Warlord down the line trying to get that belt back. So uh, that's going to be interesting, very interesting. And we'll be right back after this. And we're back. And um, the next match was a no disqualification match with Darby Allen and John Mosley versus Brian Cage and Ricky Stars. The beginning, you see Darby did not appear at his intro. Everybody's wondering what happened to him. He's no show. His music hit. He hasn't come out through the entranceway. All of a sudden, uh, Moxley comes out. Moxley's is all good. Moxley didn't even look like he was worried. So I, to me, I was like, wow, what's going to happen now? All of a sudden, you have Brian Cage and Ricky Stars talking. Oh, actually, Team Taz, because Taz was there, talking about how they're good and they're good looking and they, uh, they're the best in, in AEW. And as soon as Brian Cage's um, uh, theme song comes out, they're coming out and here comes Darby Allen and jumps from the top of the uh, show or what uh, I guess stage and jumps on does a coffin drop on Stark Starks and Brian Cage so this match was crazy they went at it all you know they hit each other with everything garbage can or kind you know kind of no disqualifications there's not much to say about that um, but the craziest part was what Darby Allen did to Ricky Stark I, I'm like why are they allowed this type of bloods and guts in AEW, I mean, it's one thing if it's a if it's a, a, a hardcore match, but oh my god, last night um, they had um, Darby Allen grab a skateboard. He had no wheels on it. It had thumbtacks on the Dan skateboard. He takes the skateboard, jumps from the top row, hits Ricky Starr in the back with it, and tore his back up. Which I was like, oh my goodness. This is what Ricky Stark came to to uh, AEW for? I was like, this is insane. And Moxley and... and um, Moxley and... Um, Darby wins the match. Uh, I mean, I'm still thinking about it. I'm like disturbed because I still have the images of Ricky Starr having thumbtacks in his back. His back scratched up. Blood coming out. Black and blue. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, so now they have for next week is Darby versus John Moxley. That's going to be crazy because it's not the – these guys fought before. So um, it's not the first time they met. They met last sometime last year. Um, but it's crazy. Uh, overall, the show was pretty good. I mean, again, the storylines, I'm going to give you my uh, – my feedback on the whole show, the show was pretty good. I think the only thing that, again, really had me questioning was that um, Diamante versus Hiroki Shida, that they were the, there was no Chris movement in there. There was like, they were all over the place. Um, and it, 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 and it kind of questioned me, again, the women's division. Again, every week I talk about this. The women's division is the problem right now with AEW. Everything else looks fine. Is that little spot 
they they messing up. It's that women's division. And whoever's in charge of that, whether it's Brandy or Kenny Omega, whoever it is, they need to work on that because it's terrible, terrible, terrible. You need to work. I know that because of the pandemic, you can't bring a lot of people from Japan, um, you know, and the B. Prisley and the uh, other females from the U.K. and, and everybody else. But, you know, that that's the thing that um, kind of worried me tonight. Um, overall, the um, the Orange Cassidy and the Jericho feud, I think this time Jericho may give Orange Cassidy the the win to push him because um, right now Orange Cassidy, as far as this year, has been the wrestler who I think has a breakout star for AEW. He's done... Um, since his wrestling match against Pac at the uh, Revolution, that 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 brought mad respect for me when I first saw him wrestle against Pac. Cause you you know you see him as this laid back dude, whatever. But I see other matches of him now, so this that's his gimmick. He's I think the breakout star so far. MJF, uh, him challenging John Moxley, that's a bold move there. Um, but don't don't be surprised again. After the match next week, he'll probably make a a, a, a a statement about that about MJF, uh, you know, and um, but MJF is gonna get his ass whooped. I'm telling you right now, he's gonna get his ass whooped, but he will win that title. I think he's gonna win the belt at all out, and I think it's the right right move because now you have a heel who's probably ten times worse than Jericho. Because Jericho, I mean, he's a bad heel, but now um, as far as the inner circle is concerned, uh, I think Jake Hager is a beast. This guy, I don't know, he you know. He's wrestling way different than he wrestled in WWE, um, so we'll see about that. Uh, I still, again, Santana Ortiz, when are they going to even get a title shot? When did they do? When are they going to win those belts? Now you got FTR in there. I'm, I'm waiting for Santana Ortiz versus FTR. That's the next, uh, my next um, dream match I want to see. Also, speaking about FTR, again, the full horseman is going to happen. I'm going to say this every week. Until you guys get it to the ad. It's going to happen. Well, I want to hear people talking about, oh, but Ric Flair. Who cares? Ric Flair is now with AEW. So, and we don't want it. Let's, 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 let's evolve a little bit. Let's keep the legacy going, but not with a new set of groups. You know what I'm saying? Um, why not? I, I think it would be great. It would be a good move. Um, and it helps all these younger wrestlers move up and level up, you know. Speaking about uh, the commentating earlier tonight, like I said, they had Taz, they had Tony Schiavone, they had Jim Ross. No Excalibur. Now, I don't know why Excalibur wasn't there, but this morning I saw some stupid video online that somebody posted on Facebook. But somebody you know, somebody posted something on YouTube about Excalibur using the N-word with Kevin Owens 10, 10 years ago. Here's the problem I have with that. Anybody who bothers to be in a computer to look up information about certain individuals to get a, a rise, you know, of seeing people getting fired or being tormented by the social media has a big problem. Because if you're going to go online to look for something that somebody said 10 years ago, same thing could have been said about Hulk Hogan or better yet, Booker T. Booker T said the N-word to Hogan back in 1995. Nobody said nothing about that. Why? Because of his skin color? 
They don't, and I'm not trying to play the race car here, whatever. But I'm saying nobody did nothing about it. Now, because of what's going on in society, you're trying to find any information. Again, even Kevin Owens, I don't know. Kevin Owens, really, guys? You could tell that could show, show you what social media, the internet, the internet wrestling community is so toxic. With all these wrestling fans out there not doing nothing, being home, stuck home, unemployed, wishing that they were uh, working for one of these promotions, are out there because they take wrestlers and they take them like personal. Guys, wrestling is a choreographic sport. Okay? These guys play characters. That's not them in real life. Some of them are a-holes. And, and they are the way they are in real life and, and as the gimmick. But are you crazy? You trying to take somebody's uh, food out of their kid's mouth by looking up stuff from 10 years ago? Are you freaking kidding me? This is this is a big-time problem. A big-time problem. And, uh, and, yes, we cannot do nothing about it because we can't get rid of all these damn trolls online. But, come on. It's just ridiculous, and I don't know if 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 Excalibur got pushed to the side about this and told something about this, or he just it was not his turn to be there this week. So I don't know. So we'll see if next week he's there. That means there was no big shit, no big deal about that. But I'm telling you, the 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 IWC is the most toxic place in the world, and I don't care. They can come at me if they want. I don't care because you know what? If you respond back, that means that. You letting them get to you, and I'm what I'm not getting letting get to you. You can say whatever you want. You're not hurting me behind a keyboard, because that's what I call internet thugs, and they're not doing nothing. So, um, but it's crazy. It's crazy how uh, I saw that this morning. Scalibur using the N word. Kevin Owens using the N word. Something happened ten years ago at a pro wrestling gorilla show. What? Oh, God. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to my show. I want to thank to all everybody. Who has subscribed to the audio podcast? It is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play, um, Apple, uh, Anchor, um, any major platform podcast that you guys like to hear your audio at is available. Okay, is available. My podcast is available everywhere, including my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel. You have the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on YouTube. Uh, I got. Tons of content, the videos I've done in the past, vid- that ladies' video I put up, so you guys can check that out. Give me a thumbs up, subscribe to my channel, uh, and you know what I'm saying? Hit that notification bell so every time I download something, you guys get the notification so you know what's going on. Hit that thumbs up for so I can get uh, you know moved up in the search engine. So I appreciate everybody. You guys want to find out more information. Again, when you're on my YouTube channel, you can hit the links on top, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you get all the information you need from me. Until then, guys, I will talk to you guys on the weekend. Um, That is it for the AEW review. Again, looking forward for next week. That 12-man tag is going to be ridiculous. Uh, The Moxley versus Darby Allen is going to be crazy. I know that's going to be insane. And we'll see if Moxley... Uh, pretty much responds to MJF. Until then, guys, be safe. Wear that mask. Stay six feet away from each other. Social distancing. Love y'all. Talk to you soon.